What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony and Mike, and we are discussing Conjuration, which is a convention here in Atlanta, Georgia, that we got a chance to attend this past weekend. This was my, I believe, my fifth time at Conjuration. This was Anthony and Mike's first time, and uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit. So, Conjuration is a three-day fantasy-based convention. It was started by a couple of local fans, and it is mainly Harry Potter and Lord of the Ring-based, but it also deals with other fantasy genres. There's some gaming that happens there. They have a kid's track where the kids can do stuff like origami and crafts and you know, you have a vendor's room, they have live performances. So we're going to talk a little bit about what we did over the weekend since, yay, conventions are coming back, I guess. <laughs> this is the second one I've been able to go to this year. So I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that the trend can continue. But uh, Anthony and Mike, what were your initial thoughts about Conjuration? Go ahead, Anthony, since you went first on all our panels when we had them. You can go ahead and <laughs> That wasn't by choice. That was by direction. It just happened to be sitting on my left. And you know, when we when you do things like that, even when we read, we read left to right. When you look at pictures, you look at them left to right. So I did the same thing with the panels. And he just happened to be sitting on my left for the panels that we did together. So he happened to be first. Okay. So after going to Dragon Con for 20 some odd times, this was a different experience because it was so small and mm-hmm. I wasn't used to it. So when I when I registered, I was looking around and I asked myself, okay, so where are all the activities at? And they're like, they're right there. I was like, <laughs> right there? So they're like, yeah, they're literally right there around the corner. So I go to the corner and like, oh, this is it. You know, I found the gaming room. I'm used to the gaming room being like an entire floor of a hotel. Mm-hmm. You walk in there, it's, it's a room that's like, you know, 10 by 10 with a couple of people <laughs> in there gaming. It, 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 was, it was nice. It was cute. Um, it was a different experience. And I, and I, I really enjoyed it. But it, it was, I think I kind of liked it because it was smaller I don't want to use, I don't want to say intimate, Mm -hmm. but I felt like everything was within reach. Like everything I could go to whatever I needed to go to. So it was cute. So just for scope, Dragon Con (laughs) before the pandemic had an attendance of, I believe about 85,000 for 2019. And I think this year it was still right around the 40, 45,000 mark. Conjuration is less than a thousand. So that gives you an idea of the scope. It really is a fan-based convention. Um, I will go so far as to say intimate because a lot of the people who attend Conjuration, they've been there since the beginning. So they have built those friendships and stuff that we, you know, we do at Dragon Con, but it's, it's just a little bit more different because it's less people. So I feel like you have a chance to get to know people a little bit better at that kind of convention. So yeah, that's that's just to explain the scope because I know Anthony walked in and was like, what? We, yeah, can, fit, like, we can fit this whole convention in the con yeah. suite or something. Like yeah. And it was also cool because I got my daughter to go and 
you know, I have been thinking of taking her to Dragon Con, and this was a good introduction for her. And it was kind of cool seeing her experience going to her first convention. So wait, that was yeah. her very first? First, yeah. I didn't realize that. Oh, okay. that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, for me, I thought it was for me, it was almost like the perfect amount of people. Like it wasn't a lot of people like jostling you and elbowing you and like pushing you here and there. Like you could actually navigate your way through without having to like push people or like be Moses and bang a staff on the ground and part the Red Sea and shit. And plus it was only in one building. You didn't have to go to another hotel for this. You didn't have to go to another hotel for that. You didn't have to go to another center for this or that. Everything was self-contained. And I thought that was pretty cool. And I didn't think the Hilton was as big as, I, I mean, I didn't really think the Hilton had space like that. Like they really had a lot going on. Like when we, I was looking at the schedule, I was like every 45 minutes, there was at least 10 or 12 panels going on or mm-hmm. 10 or 12 things going on in like a conference room. I was like, shit. Okay. And not, not to mention the Quidditch matches outside, not to mention the game room, not to mention the Dungeons and Dragons next to the registration desk. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was stuff everywhere and I was really impressed and I felt the intimacy and comfort level was really high. Like people were like really friendly and welcoming. Like they, everybody was really honed into everyone else as opposed to just kind of being there and walking around. Everybody seemed like you, like you said, since, since a lot of people have been going since the beginning, everyone really seemed like they knew each other. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of the panels that we, that I went to outside of the ones that we were running, I saw a lot of people the same time, like a lot of people over and over again. I was like, oh, okay. That's kind of, that's actually kind of cool. It's like the ones when we went to the Broadway sing-along and musical Jeopardy, it's like, I saw the little girl with the Hufflepuff hat at everything, mm-hmm. like her and her mother, like I saw them all over the place. And also like the vendor area mm-hmm. was really cool because it's not like from what I remember about Dragon Con, like, you know, they have like a shit ton of vendors where if you see something you like and you're thinking about it and you're like, okay, let me think about it. Then you come back, you're like, fuck, where was it? Exactly. It there, it's like, if you see something you're like, well, let me think about it. You go and come back the next day. You're like, oh, right there. Okay. It's a good amount of vendors, but it's not so many vendors where you're just like lost, where you're like, okay, this is way too much shit. Like, why do you have all this shit? Hanukkah knows I'm laughing because, like, this last time at Dragon Con, we went to the vendor, and it's in Marismar, and it's on three, four floors? Four, Four, yes, four floors. Four floors, and (laughs) you can get lost, and they will take all of your money. Yes. And things disappear. I spent so much money this year at Dragon Con, so it was kind of nice coming to a smaller con, like, okay, Right now, I don't have to spend any money and I don't feel compelled to spend money, which I didn't have anyway, because I had just driven down from New York with my daughter. So that was pretty much I was like, oh, OK, well, I don't have to worry about overspending at con this weekend. If Mike is right. Like I saw something on the first day. I was like, eh, I'll think about it. It will still be on Sunday. Mm-hmm. It's like, OK, I guess I get it. Yeah. And I think also with the smaller vendors, they can probably bring a little more stock because it's not as many people. So they know, okay, you know what? I can have a few extra of these and, and it not be, I guess, a burden for them instead of bringing in crates and crates and bins and just all the stuff that I can imagine they have to bring in for Dragon Con. Or if they're local and they're vending and they see people like getting stuff, like they can 
like most people probably live within 30, 45 minutes of mm-hmm. the con and they can just go go out and come in and know that those people won't go to like another floor or another building and see something else that they want because that's the only vending area. So right. if they see something they want, they can just say, oh, shoot, I'll just bring, I'll bring some more tomorrow. And they know that they're going to be there tomorrow because that's the only place that they have vendors. So, yeah. I mean, it's kind of advantageous to them for them to be there and to actually keep not like, you know, for the first day, kind of feel out what they want. And like some people get like, oh, you sold out. It's like, yes, come back tomorrow. I got you. Then go back home, get stuff and come back and bring it and know that those people are going to actually come back and be like, oh, shit, you brought it. Like, yeah, here you go. And it's I mean, it's pretty advantageous to them. The other thing that I like about the vendor area there is most of the vendors are selling homemade items or handmade items or you know, it's it's like very niche and very original items. Like you can't go to, you probably could go to Dragon Con and find it, but it's probably because it, it will be that same vendor. You know, you don't see a lot of duplicates as far as merchandise and stuff. So that kind of makes it a specialized shopping experience as well, because you can't say, oh, okay, well, here's this particular item and then walk around the room and you're like, oh, they're selling the same item. You really didn't see a lot of that at all. Yeah, it was pretty varied, yeah. Yeah, you had wand makers who had homemade wands and the uh, wooden plaques and um, you had a clothing vendor that sold the, um, what do you call it? The the overcoats and the corset coats, the one that we Mm -hmm. stopped at and we were like, yeah. Yeah. Just lots of handmade things. And that's one of the things I like about that vendor area too. And I, I do hate that I wasn't able to spend any money this year, but that's okay. I make up for it next year. And I did get business cards for some of the people too. So the only thing I didn't find was a Ravenclaw lanyard that I really wanted because I had just had that little rope one. And I was like, I really need like a, because I, I saw like the conjuration ones and there were like some other ones but it's like there was a lot of harry potter stuff but it's just like if you're looking for like I, I was just looking for that in particular but that but that's like a really that's a really hard nitpick for me because they had a lot of stuff there like I mean, so i'm gonna tell you probably why that was and this was something that was discussed in the first panel that i did on friday so conjuration tends to have a lot of Ravenclaws there. A lot. Ravenclaws. So they were probably buying all the stuff. And Hufflepuffs. Yes. More Hufflepuffs yes. than Ravenclaws. Yes, that's right. And also, by the way, do you know that we won the house yeah, cup? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Hufflepuffs won the house cup. So yay. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. Yeah, that's okay. We're gonna make it two <laughs> years in a row next year. But yeah, so that's probably one of the reasons why you couldn't really find Ravenclaw stuff because there is an overabundance of Ravenclaws at Conjuration. I didn't know that, but that's what was told to me in uh, my Supernatural panel. I was like, oh, now that I think about it, because when I looked up, yeah, in our panels, a lot of times it was Hufflepuffs and Ravenclaws. And I mean, even with the three of us, I mean, both of you are Ravenclaw and I'm a Hufflepuff. So it fit. Actually, I saw a ton more Hufflepuff. I'm surprised I didn't see more Gryffindor. Like, I I think I saw maybe one or two Gryffindors, maybe one or two, maybe three at the most. Gryffindors are so cliche. There there were Hufflepuffs. (laughs) There were Hufflepuffs everywhere. You know, Mike gave me this really nice Ravenclaw pin that was really cool. Yes, we got nice pins. So thank you, Mike. Yeah, there were a ton of Hufflepuffs there. They said there were a lot of Ravenclaws there to deflect, you know. Because we rock. Whatever. 
<laughs> so what was your favorite part of the convention like i know you guys attended some panels we attended some panels together mike you did a panel separate from the rest of us and then we did two panels together with a couple of other people on those panels so what was your favorite part let's not talk about our panels because we had some awesome panels but <laughs> what was we your did. favorite part outside yeah. of the panels that we did and we'll talk about those in a little bit besides um, winning musical jeopardy might that was awesome. Yeah, Musical Jeopardy was fun. I, I just got lucky that the last, like the final Jeopardy question was the theme song to my favorite, one of my favorite shows in the world and no one else knew it. So, but I think my favorite part was how diverse it was because I thought it was going to be literally only people in Harry Potter robes and like, that's it. But there was a lot of fantasy represented and I was impressed. And I think that the diversity was really cool for me. Um, the other panels I went to, I think the host of them, they were patient and they were knowledgeable and they were really cool about like you know, calling on people that they didn't know and like you know, and and listening, actually listening to people in their panel and being like, okay, shit, yeah, yeah, you got a point there. But um, I I just I really enjoyed just how laid back and cool it was. Like it wasn't like a hustle and bustle. It wasn't really like like I said, it wasn't really like congested and people like like running into each other it was really laid back and and it was spaced out very well i just really enjoyed like how laid back it was what about you aunt um other than my daughter being with me my favorite part don't laugh was the broadway sing-along that was awesome <laughs> we had so much fun so that panel that and most of the game panels are put on by um our friends tracy veronica and dina who are a part of Atlanta HP. Tracy and Veronica are actually the founders of our local Atlanta Harry Potter adults group. So they put on a lot of the games at Conjuration. I think they've done that for the last couple of years now. And they also do a few games at Dragon Con as well. But their games, if you've ever been to an Atlanta HP party, they create most of the games that we do and they are so fun. So the fact that they had like this huge space, because I think they had the largest space as far as those of us who had rooms for our panels, I think they had the largest mm -hmm. space. They actually had like a, a lecture. It was a lecture hall. Um, yeah, yeah a lecture cool. hall. Yeah. And so we did, I know we attended the Broadway sing-along panel. There was um, Harry Potter trivia. There was the musical Jeopardy. Um, yeah, so those panels were a lot of fun. Broadway sing-along was so much fun because you have a lot Broadway of people sing singing. Yeah. And We're some hilarious. of us, we're not singing in tune some of us on purpose some of us not on purpose <laughs> but it was just so much fun Anthony was showing off his basal profundo and like <laughs> he was showing off he was really showing off everybody was, was like, like oh my god you have such a great know, voice thank you. and thank you. yeah he was like yeah thank yeah. you thank you thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yes. you gonna sing a solo for us you gonna serenade yes. <laughs> no no not today not today i have to rest the chops ah. <laughs> okay <laughs> but, but it was it was fun um torturing my daughter as she sat next to me and actually the best part were songs that she knew but she would cover her mouth <laughs> and she would pull her braids down so we couldn't see her singing that was funny and I, it's like... I thought that was so funny yeah. well see she's still a con newbie so we can excuse her for that. She can be shy this year, 
tell her next year, no such luck. No, no. But that, that and was, Ant was that giving was her like, such a hard time. He was like, I know you know this song. I know you're singing. And she was just like, mm, like shrinking away. So I was like, oh, <laughs> that's just adorable. But it was fun seeing her come to the con because I've known Bailey like since she was before she was born. So it's so <laughs> weird. Like, oh, wait. She's old enough to hang with us at a convention now. When the hell did that happen? Yeah. And and Michaela, your daughter Michaela's like, oh my god, I, I babysat her when right. she was like four. Right. So it's it, it's it was fun, you know. Again, Conjuration is that smaller con, and it does feel a little bit more like family in that sense. You know, it's like I said, it's 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 smaller. You get to see people a little bit more because. Like my friend Dina, who did the fandom funerals panel with us, I've been friends with her since Atlanta HP. I think she joined in 2000, maybe the end of 2007 after I joined, because I joined in October after Dragon Con. I think she and her husband joined maybe a few months later, but we usually see each other at least at Dragon Con, maybe in passing to say hi, or we may end up at a panel together. I haven't seen Dina in two years. Oh, really? Except for online, because I didn't see her at all at Dragon Con. So when I got to Conjuration, you know, I got there kind of early and I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit around, see what's going on. I was waiting to meet up with you guys. And I was sitting in the front and literally the first person who comes to me, she sits down. She said, I was wondering if I was going to find you because she had my peach cobbler drink that her husband made for me. And so we sat there, we talked, we caught up a little bit. And then, you know, like I said, she was on our panel. So that was really great for me because I haven't had a chance to like hang, hang with her in so long. And I forgot how much I love hanging with her. Like I had so much fun with that this weekend. But if we had been at Dragon Con, I might not have seen her at all, you know, because it's so huge. So that was fun. Got to see a few other people that I haven't seen since the last Conjuration in 2019. So this was really cool. And then, like I said, we got to do some panels and I guess we can talk about those. Um, I did three panels this weekend. Mike, you did three panels as well, right? Yep. And then Mm -hmm. Anthony did too, because he left us to go to a wedding on Saturday, but he came back that evening and hung out with us. So Friday, I got to do a supernatural panel with Hannah, and she is someone that I actually met at Conjuration um, maybe three years ago. We did a panel together, and it was basically um, kind of like the life and lives of Albus Dumbledore. Like we were putting certain characters on trial and arguing whether or not the characters were justified in what they did in the series. And of course, Albus Dumbledore is very widely debated with a lot of people because of the way that he handled things with Harry. We won't go into all that. If you if you know Harry Potter, you know the story. So we did a wrap up of season 15 of Supernatural because, you know, Supernatural ended last year. We didn't really get a chance to talk about it at cons because there were no conventions last year. So that was fun getting a chance to go back and kind of talk about what we thought about the ending and what we thought about the character development over, you know, the last 15 seasons and whether or not we think they'll come back and reprise those characters at some point in time, which we're hoping they do. So that was fun. And then Saturday, we had our Shadow and Bone panel. 
And that was the first panel. It was three of us. And then we had two other people who were assigned to the panel. And that was uh, Jessa and Sarah. That was a really good panel. But it was funny funny. because originally the idea had been to discuss both show and book because I was really, I don't know what I was thinking. I must've forgot what kind of schedule I have and what kind of life (laughs) I lead, but I really thought I was going to be done with all the books by this point. Because I read the first trilogy, the Grishaverse, I read all of those within a week right before Dragon Con because I was on a Shadow and Bone panel at Dragon Con. So I was like, I can do Six of Crows and the others. Yeah, no, that didn't happen. But it worked out because everybody who was in the panel, when we said, um, have you guys read the books? And everybody was like, I was like, oh, wait, we have a show on. That's so rare. When you have a product that's a book to screen, that you have nobody in the audience who's read the book. But again, that's kind of the appeal of the show, too, because like we discussed, we all got into the show because of the trailer. Like I looked at that trailer and saw that stag Mm -hmm. and oh, oh, this looks interesting. Then I go look at the cast. I'm like, Ben Barnes. Oh, I'm in. I mean, mm-hmm. he was the only recognizable name for me, really, at that point. Was there anyone else familiar? <laughs> yeah, there really wasn't anybody anybody of note that you would really recognize in the cast. I mean, you still it was a great Zoe cast. Yeah. Who? Yeah, the only one for me is Zoe Wanamaker, uh, Bagra. Oh yeah, and that's because she was Madam Hooch in Harry yeah, Potter. That, that's it. That's where that's I mainly it. know her from. So. But yeah, so that was a lot of fun because we got to talk about the development of the characters. We got to talk about where the story might go. We did find out a few book spoilers about some of the characters, which I'm not going to spoil here. But I um, feel so bad for you. (laughs) It was fine. It was fine because, again, I kind of knew that going in that because in the description we were going to talk about the books, I had planned on being up to par but the stuff that we found out was so interesting that i was like okay i think i can see I think it. Some, like, of that, it some of the makes- stuff we kind of figured out we kind of figured out on our own anyway though like i mean mm-hmm. like, like like the makeup of the girls yeah. like we kind of we, we kind of knew that like we kind of figured like that was going to happen so it really wasn't right. that much of a spoiler right and then we kind of we've had some speculation about the whole pecker rollins and kaz right conflict like what might have happened i wasn't expecting what i found out but i will say now that i know what the conflict is in the show i mean in the books i really want to see how they're going to translate that to the screen so again i'm not going to say any spoilers and while i'm while we're talking about shadow and bone we still have three we still have three episodes from our discussion of shadow and bone in the queue that i need to edit and get out and i will try to do that before the end of this year before next season it's comes just up that we've been, yeah i mean we've been discussing so many other things but i'm like hey we still have shadow and bone but that's cool because that will kind of get us into the mindset of, oh, okay, maybe I want to go back and revisit this show before the end of the year. Because I usually do that like when December comes, especially because I get two weeks off at the end of the year. And sometimes I use those days to just veg out on my couch and I'll rewatch shows that I may have forgotten a little bit about or I'll actually take that time to read. So I'm hoping, fingers crossed, 
that I will be able to do that this December. The uh, stock, yeah, don't I'm, shake your no, head at me. No, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just trying to figure out how am I going to find time to read all these books that you have tasked me with reading <laughs> now on top of the books I'm already supposed to be reading. Including the one you got from your Secret Santa today. Including the one I got from my Secret Santa, which I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. I don't know how I'm gonna read it. It's the Light of the Jedi. It's one of the Star Wars High Republic books, and I can't wait to read it. Okay. But yeah. We'll we'll You're figure something out. Well, I'm, me. You know, you know, watching endless hours of TV and actually still being able to read like 1200 page books that is so in the distant past now i don't know how i sit there and look at some of the stuff that i do i'm like how in the world did i do this how like i remember i used to i used to read the stand religiously like every two or three years mm. without fail and it would only I mean, take me a few days to do it i can't even pick it up and i can't in the in the, in the span of like two years I read like the majority of the Wheel of Time, the majority of the Bill Gariad and the Malorian. I mean, I'm not talking about like five scenario books. This is like eight books, 12 mm-hmm. books, 13 books in like three years. When? How? Like, I can't. <laughs> how did I do it? And now I'm like, how? Right. How am I supposed to do it now? You know, I mean, a lot of it was was audiobooks that I was listening to when I was delivering newspapers at, you know, four o'clock in the morning, driving through people's neighborhoods, you know, with the windows down, <laughs> listening to audiobooks. I, don't <laughs> I know, know those neighbors were probably like, who is what, that talking at four o'clock in the that? morning? <laughs> but yeah. why are they talking so loud? But mm-hmm. still, but even I even read but not just the paperbacks, but even the hard covers too. It's just I don't know. How did we do it, Hanukkah? I, I, don't, I know. don't know. But I miss those days. I miss just being able to sink down anywhere and reading a book. But that's okay because I'm going to do it with Shadow and Bone or with, uh, you know, the, the Six of Crows duology. And then there's another character that appears in the original trilogy who has his own set of books as well now. So I need to go and read those because that character was a very interesting character in the uh, original trilogy, but we'll get it done. We have to, because we're going to do another shadow and bone panel next year. We're going to, we're going to submit another shadow and bone panel because then season two will have been out. Who knows if any other books will be out. We are trying to figure out a way to be Grisha next year for convention season. But I got to tell you, those keftas and the embroidery i don't know how we're gonna do it it's gonna be (laughs) because having someone actually sew that and like create the embroidery that's gonna be a time-consuming process and it's gonna be an expensive process we were looking at keftas while we were i think we were in between panels and we were just all like yeah we need to be grisha next year i mean we were were we at dinner? We were somewhere and we just started. No, we were in the Yule Ball. We in the oh, Yule that's ball. right. We were. <laughs> we were in the yeah. Yule Ball sitting at the table. Right. And we were looking up keftas and there were a couple of them that I looked up and it was like $1,400. I was like, I don't know if I want to be a Grisha that bad. I just, I don't. 
I don't. Yeah, that's like that, that's what you see why why Grisha are very exclusive. Like, yeah, right. Sure. But see, and then okay, so I have to also say what Kefta I was looking at that was fourteen hundred dollars because I somehow got it in my mind like, oh, I, maybe I can go in the, as Alina. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know if that's gonna work. Well, duh, you look, you, you're looking at some summer ones. <sighs> there are actually some that look okay for like 50 bucks on Amazon. I'm not doing a 50 buck Kefta. <laughs> no, I am not. Hanukkah has done the $15 Harry Potter robe. No. He's not doing that again. No. I mean, <laughs> but I will say that $15 Harry Potter robe, that little Gryffindor, you know, that ugly maroon colored Gryffindor <laughs> yes. robe, that thing lasted me like four years. Me. It lasted so, about four cons. It, so, yeah. it did. And I actually, it was still in decent enough um, condition that I was able to sell it. It was it was cool. But yes, I have a nice official Hufflepuff robe now that's very nice. And then I also have a Marriott carpet custom robe that I had made for 2019. That one is fire. I had that, that and a tie made by uh, one of our coworkers who does a lot of the costumes for our musicals. So that was that was cool but yeah so i guess maybe, maybe we should talk to her with all the musicals she's doing sewing for right now probably not i don't know we we might get, we might can talk to her but it, we, i mean that embroidery yeah that embroidery work is like ridiculous though because you don't think about you don't think about how like we commented on the costumes when we were reviewing the show like oh this is very uh is gorgeous it's elaborate but when you start thinking about it in terms of okay i want to have this costume made and you have to look at it from a different perspective and you realize how exquisitely detailed these keftas are like just looking at alina's sun summoner kefta when they ended up on the ship and Kirigan took her robe off and you can see I was like I ain't no way but, but Hanukkah is it's cosplay it doesn't have to be <laughs> it doesn't have to it be it doesn't have to be but you want it to be I however to. I was gonna say Mr. B he does costumes too <gasps> okay okay so we got we got uh, formulating a plan formulating right we are plan. we are formulating yeah. a plan but yeah so we're planning on doing that shadow and bone panel again next year we may be dressing up next year. So that's cool. Um, what else happened Saturday? Oh, Saturday. So unfortunately, Anthony could not join us for this because he had his daughter. So it was myself, Mike, Mike's wife, Michelle, not to be confused with Anthony's wife, Michelle. <laughs> Mike's wife, Michelle, and our friend Dina and um, our, my friend uh, Veronica, we got to go to Harry Potter burlesque that Saturday night, which was fun. Believe it or not, that was not my first Harry Potter burlesque show. (laughs) Because I went to one. um, It doesn't even sound right. Oh, it was. It was actually very, very cool. I mean, it's like the way they did it and pulled it off was really imaginative i was Pulled i was impressed off. i was like because i'm, you know. I'm not <laughs> okay so anyway yeah I, I mean i mean the way they stripped it down was really cool wait no that's not right <laughs> what are you 12 <laughs> <laughs> I, have, well, I 
mean, seriously, Hanukkah. I, I know, know. I know. Okay, so anyway. I mean, you're going to blow the top off this thing if you keep going <laughs> like this. It was a lot of fun, though. So basically, the way that they told the story was there was an author who was writing some stories about some Harry Potter characters. And he decided, hey, you know what? The way that the characters are written in the books don't necessarily have to be the way that they are. Like, I'm going to take some liberties with these characters. And boy, did he. (laughs) But uh, it was a lot of fun. We got to see, um, let's see, we got to see Hermione and Draco at a Hogwarts reunion. And Hermione has been contemplating leaving Ron and she bumps into Draco and they go into this whole little um, dance and shenanigans. So that was fun. We got to see uh, Bellatrix striptease. We got to see, um, was it Hedwig? Yes, there was a Hedwig. There was a, the, oh. The- Wait, Hedwig lost, Hedwig lost the feathers. No, she, she kept her feathers. There was a, there was one that was what if Harry Potter got sorted into Slytherin. And I think that might've been my favorite one because I never thought myself like, oh yeah, Slytherin Harry Potter is attractive. I was questioning myself that night. Like I'm not supposed to think that this is good. Harry is not supposed to be a Slytherin. Although he could be, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping, I'm keeping that. No, I was like, no, he has to be Gryffindor. But then I'm looking at this act and I'm like, Slytherin looks good on him. Yeah. So it was a lot of fun and it was something different. Um, Like I said, that was not my first Harry Potter burlesque show. I went to one back in 2011 at another convention, but they're so fun because you can tell that they are up there having fun portraying these characters. It's like fan fiction on stage, which was great. And then the narrator himself got up and did his own partial act. But it, it, it was a lot of fun. We had fun. We missed you, Anthony. And we missed Michelle. Your Michelle couldn't come this year. She was not feeling No, well. she couldn't. She, she, she had two strains of the flu. <laughs> a and type B. I don't think that would have worked out for anybody. No, I don't she come. So. But we missed her. But we had a lot of fun. We, had, we don't get a chance to hang like that very often now anthony and i we see each other all the time because we work together and we go to dragon con and this was the first time time i met and anthony got a chance to meet face to face that was so awesome and it's like i didn't even realize that until we were sitting together for dinner on friday night and anthony mentioned and i was like wait wait what because we've been podcasting together now for a year yeah so it's just so weird i kind of take it for granted that yeah, you guys you have met because we're all in the same well not necessarily the same zip code but we're all in georgia but like mike is all the way in like north bumblefuck georgia <laughs> and anthony and i <laughs> it's called kennesaw it's not called bumblefuck bumblefuck is roman cartersville kennesaw is not no longer considered wait, wait a bumblefuck. second roman right. cartersville and kennesaw they're all like right Kennesaw's <laughs> under Roman Cartersville, okay? Cartersville's really... Either okay, way it goes, it takes me almost an hour to get to. Well, on a good day, it might take me 40 right. minutes. But. And because the parade, because the Braves won, it took me two hours to get to... Wait, I didn't realize it took you two hours. And, uh, yeah, I left at three. I didn't get there till five. Yeah, you get there till five. Right. Yeah. 
It took me two to me two damn hours to get there. I was like, oh, wow. Then they didn't have our room ready. So it was like Michelle was grouchy. I was grouchy. So I was like, I wanna go see my friend. She's like, Yeah, stay here with me. I'm like, but back to meeting Mike in person for the first time, that is compounded by the fact that his mother lives like a stone throw away from my house. Literally, like, literally, literally a block right away. down the street. Like walking literally distance. <laughs> right. Like yeah. you can't even get a full workout because it's that close. <laughs> Facts. Yeah. It's like I saw, I saw it. I forgot it was kind of weird. I was like, I know I've seen him, but I haven't seen him. Plus, Anthony was sitting in the booth and I was sitting like on the other side. So it's not like I could be like, yo, and like, you know, like right. really like greet him properly. So it's like I gave him a fist bump and I was like, okay, like that seems weird. But I was like, yeah, you seem you seem shorter. But actually, Anthony is like huge. I was like, Damn. <laughs> huge. Oh, thank you. I mean, huge. tall, tall, huge, <laughs> not wide, huge. Like, like I thought, because I thought I thought you were more my height, but you're at least two, three inches taller than me. I was like, oh shit, okay. Damn, I'm, I'm oh, walking behind. I'm that much, that much taller than you. I mean, I'm only five nine, so. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was like, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was really cool meeting Anthony and his daughter, and it's like, uh, it's because this is the second time Hanako has introduced me to someone who's become a really good friend of mine because she introduced me to my friend Carlos. And Carlos is a good friend of mine. And he's the one that got me on Beach Shazam. So Hanako is like my friend whisperer. So I'm just expecting her to just keep introducing me to people and get, making me social. So I'm like, cool, thanks, appreciate it. I but have yeah, that. I, mean, I have that ability. I, I that's not the first. I like I do that quite a bit. So yeah. So it's like I was relieved because Anthony is way cooler than I thought he was going to be in real life. I was like, okay, because thanks. we 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 because we're that. like. Because even the picture, the picture that we took during the Broadway sing-off was like a good picture. Like I take crap pictures, but like the picture of the two of us that you took was like uh, was like one of the best pictures I ever took. I was like, oh, thank shit. you, like, thank we're actually, you. We're actually, photogenic friends too. I'm like, damn, that's pretty dope. Okay, it was yeah. a good photo. It was a really good photo. Good photo. Yeah. It was. So I was like, yeah, and it's like it was really, it was really cool. Finally, finally getting a chance to like meet him in person, and I'm, I'm like, huh, okay, the fan. Like it's all coming together now. It cool. is. It's it's so cool. Now all we have to do is get Lori from the West Coast and we'll be good. Right. <laughs> so like she's the one person that's all the way out there. I know. I mean, not only not only is she like away, she's in like two time zones away. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Tennessee away. She's like San Francisco away. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. It'll happen. It'll happen. She's talking about trying to come to Dragon Con soon, hopefully sooner than later. And then yeah. she has family here in South Georgia that she's talked about visiting. So when when she does decide, hey, I'm coming to Valdosta, we're going to be like, we are ambushing you at the airport. Exactly. And we are holding you hostage for about three hours before you get to where you have to go. Yep. And then we'll have to find Casey. We'll have to pull Casey out of whatever busy stuff she's doing. Yep. And then get, get her, a group photo, and that would be fun. Get her out yeah. from going to Carolina to see her son play NFL football. I'm like, yep, oh, nope, you're not yeah. going to Sunday. <laughs> yeah, try that if you want to. Yeah. I'm not uh, about yeah, to no, get right. me this in is, trouble with her wife. No, as, as, as soon as I as soon as I said it, I was like, okay, that's really not going to happen. Nope, but still, absolutely not. Absolutely. Not. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, Casey's have, a business. Have you woman. seen? Have you seen him? He's huge. Yeah, it's a big boy. <laughs> You don't want him running at you. Yeah, like uh, you my mama. right. Like give me back my mama. <laughs> yep. No. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. Thanks, <sir. laughs> I don't want no part of that. 
Yeah, facts. <laughs> so let's see what's yeah. next. Oh, and we had our fandom funerals and repast panel on Sunday. This was a panel that my daughter had suggested, you know, just kind of in passing. She was like, oh, I think it would be really cool to do a panel like this. I was like, oh, we can suggest that for Conjuration. She was like, really? Yeah, let's do it. So submitted it, got Anthony and Mike signed on. My friend Dina asked her if she wanted to do it. She signed on. And then Michaela, of course, came to Conjuration. This was, this was I think, her first convention in maybe seven years. So that was fun. We had a nice little turnout for that panel. And we had a lot, a lot of audience interaction and feedback with that panel. It was, I think, probably the best panel of the weekend because I've received like inbox messages about that panel. And just on the Conjuration page, when I posted, you know, my thank you for allowing us to do panels, I we got some comments on there saying that that panel was great. Some I think somebody said that was their favorite panel of the convention. I got an inbox saying, hey, can you guys bring this panel back next year? So we're going to try to do that. But um, the Phantom Funerals and Repast panel discussed fictional deaths and how we react to those deaths and how it also helps us to deal with the mourning process and the grief process in real life. And I know that we all have some very strong feelings about certain characters' deaths, but wow, it's like we didn't even need an outline for this panel. Like just in our introductions talking about, I think the question that I asked was what was the fictional death that affected you the most? that you can think of so far. And just the answers we got from that was enough to spark major conversation throughout right. the entire panel. And I really hate that the panel was only 45 minutes because I feel like we could have gone an hour or more talking about that because even just with some of the things that the audience was suggesting, um, we were talking about certain characters and a couple of great movies got brought up. Um, Anthony mentioned Onward. One gentleman in the audience mentioned Grave of the Fireflies. And uh, Anthony mentioned The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, which are all like, if you've, if you've, if you've ever watched Grave of the Fireflies or The Boy in the Striped Pajamas, those are movies you will probably only ever do once because they're just that traumatic. But Again, the, the feedback was so great with that panel. And and I was like, and we didn't even touch on movies that, like, we talked about death, but we didn't talk about movies that just moved you for other reasons. Movies like Schindler's List mm -hmm. or Sophie's Choice. Um, for me, like Malcolm X. I mean, there are movies that, that just move you emotionally you could do like a whole panel just on movies that are just emotional as opposed to just the death stuff hmm. you know because yeah, we went from talking about characters to talking about movies and i mean i don't know it it was a very cathartic panel too yes it because was. i think um a lot of us shared things that maybe we haven't shared with a lot of people at once mm -hmm. like maybe just a few close people but like i don't talk about the, the deaths in naruto with my family members because i don't watch it with right them, you know <laughs> but i could talk about it there you know they walk into the room and like why are you crying <laughs> no reason 
You know, <laughs> you move on, you know? I think Anthony <laughs> and my daughter can do their own panel on Naruto. God, hell yeah. We like, could. both of because as we soon could. as Anthony started talking about Naruto, Michaela was like, Man, I was gonna say that one. Like, <laughs> like I mean, they, they was looking I, at my I, list. I she was cheating. I think, I think both. <laughs> Both of y'all, but you guys probably could do a do like two do a Naruto panel, like and talk about it thoroughly. I think that would be dope. I think Michaela's gonna suggest one for next year. She has um one of her characters, and I don't want to say it just in case somebody steals her idea, <laughs> but um she has a favorite character that she feels like is very underappreciated, very overlooked, and she's like. I'm going to do a panel on this character because this character deserves to have their own panel. I was like, go for it. I mean, yeah, she has, yeah. she has thought. You, you tell her I'm there. I I, and there. I already told her, I said, and Mr. Liggins, you know, she's still, you're still Mr. Liggins to her because you still teach Mr. her. But I said, Mr. Liggins will probably be like, um, I'll do that panel with you because like when Anthony had his list and she saw Naruto on the list, she started talking about her own issue with one of the, well, with two of the characters, uh, Sasuke and Itachi. And she went on with that for like six or seven minutes because that is a topic that like those characters, that story arc, she's very passionate about it. So I was like, yeah, okay, let's have a Naruto panel. Like if I'd have thought about that, we could have suggested that y'all could have done that and ran with it, but that's okay. We have next year. We have thanks. But that was it was a great panel. And um actually the Shadow and Bone panel and the Phantom Funeral panels are both up. You can find those in the videos page of our website, phantomhybrid.com, and you can also find them on our YouTube page, which is also a Phantom Hybrid Podcast. So we do have those videos posted so you can see them and just kind of, you know listen to them, leave us some comments, leave us some suggestions as far as if we do this next year, do you have particular characters or particular, you know, shows, movies that affected you that we should talk about? I think all of us, even the shows that we are not as familiar with, I think, especially if it's really popular in nerd culture or pop culture, we can talk about it because I didn't realize I remembered as much of Buffy as I did in that panel because we talked about it and we were talking about Joyce's death and I was not an avid Buffy fan back then. I watched, I think, most of the first season and I would watch an episode here or there, but I wasn't really into it at that time. But I remember the episodes that this this girl was talking about with um, Joyce's death and how they react. And I was like, wait, why do I, did, did I watch that? Like, Oh, but that's another one of those things. I've always talked about going back and watching Buffy, but that's so many seasons, which is funny when I say that because it seems like a lot, but yet last summer I went back and rewatched all 10 seasons of The Walking Dead and I rewatched the first five seasons of Supernatural. (laughs) So I think I can do it, but It was interesting having that conversation, just the passion that everybody spoke with. And then also just kind of realizing, yes, people do, you know, these fictional deaths do affect us in a lot of different ways. And sometimes, like you say, Anthony, you're sitting there crying on the couch and everybody in your family is looking at you like, why are you crying? And we feel like we're so alone. And then I made this comment 
in the panel i was like okay so i just need to know am i the only person who does this like i'll think about a character's death and then i'll go look it up on youtube like why do i want to torture myself and then i go down a rabbit hole and start looking at everything like i've done this three times in the last two months for the walking dead like I start out with the good stuff. I start out with Rick finding his family and I start out with like, like different little re- reunions that are, you know, happy. And then I start going to the deaths and I'm like, what? Four o'clock in the morning. I'm supposed to be getting up for work in three hours. Why am I watching this? Oh my God, it's such, because it's such <laughs> good acting, but it's like, it rips your heart out but you still want to watch it because it's so good. Yeah. And apparently a couple of people like, they were like, Oh, I do that too. I was like, Oh gosh, I don't feel alone anymore. You're not, the, you're not alone. <laughs> you're like, alone. I don't know what it is about character deaths that we, I, I won't say we like to torture ourselves with them, but again, we feel them. And sometimes <laughs> we just, I, I don't know. I, let let, let me tell you, Hanukkah. Okay. So I saw you posted the video. So I watched the video was playing for Michelle a third of the way through the video. I had to stop it uh-huh. because I had to go find the top 10 list of Naruto deaths. <laughs> Saddest Naruto deaths. And not just the list, but the but the video actually plays the deaths as they're counting them down. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yes. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what I, it is. So yeah, I, I don't know because I was like, I need to see Neji's death. Oh no wait, I need to see the top 10 and they got mad because the number one wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> anyway, so after this, I'm going to go back and I'm going to find actually what I was looking for because I went down that rabbit hole and didn't actually get to see what I was looking for. Oh my but yes, no, you are not alone. You are not alone. I have done that this summer with The Walking Dead. I have done it several times with Game of Thrones. I have done it with The Vampire Diaries. I did it with the originals. The originals really got me because I liked that show more than I liked Vampire Diaries. And, you know, it's a spinoff of Vampire Diaries, but I felt more invested with those characters. So sitting there, I'm <laughs> like, I have to be at work in two hours. Like one night, I really, I, I'm watching these videos and I'm all emotional in my bed. I don't even know what triggered that. Like what made me decide to go and do that? And then I happen to look up, I'm like, is that the sun coming <laughs> I had to go to work, puffy eyes and everything. But I don't know. There's something about it that is very cathartic, even as it's emotional. But talking with other people about it, too, I was like, wow, this is really kind of a great topic. Because how many people really talk about the character deaths like that, you know, in in death and how it affected us and I mean we talked like you said we talked about shows we talked about movies we brought up some book deaths um I know I did at least you know Lenny from Of Mice and Men John Coffey from The Green Mile and um the baby Coyotito's baby in John Steinbeck's The Pearl so you know those are ones that I really remember having a profound effect on me and it was just very freeing to be able to talk about it and it was a very, it, this is not a knock on on the convention. It's just, I think we, we talked about this. A lot of the panels are fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one, one crowd member said they're whimsical. Yes. And it was very good to have a topic like this that was 
more thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And that is, yeah. you know, yeah. fun. Like the Broadway sing along was great, big fun, as Huxley would say, big fun, amazing, <laughs> big fun. That was fun. <laughs> yeah. But this panel was was very thoughtful, introspective, retrospective. All those, all those good things. That thing was mature, just very thoughtful. Yeah. So I think we're gonna bring that back next year because we got requests. Which is good to me because I'm like, anytime we get any kind of activity or whatever, it, it just makes me happy because that makes me know that people are listening to the content and they like it. We got a lot of compliments about our panels. And I think a couple of people from the panels have actually uh, started listening to the podcast because we've also got some new reviews. And I'm like, I don't recognize these names. Like, these are not people I know, or these are not people that I've interacted with on social media who are like hey i started listening to your show i like i'm like oh these are new people and that usually happens after conventions i've noticed at least it happened after dragon con um more people started following so it was cool you know and then just getting that kind of feedback someone in boston was like i love being able to connect with other brothers and sisters or people of color who have these kind of nerdy interest because I don't get to find that very often she was like wherever you guys are please post if you're at any events if you do anything she was like post I will be there I'm like oh okay cool so that was a lot that that was a lot of fun coming out of the weekend too and then Mike got to do another panel that was that Saturday night as well your panel yeah that was Saturday Saturday night and that was who would you cast yeah, this one, it, it, the way it was described, it was um, who would you cast? And like the two shows that were listed were Buffy the Vampire Slayer and the Fairly Odd Parents. And Which I was did, so weird. <laughs> yeah, it was a weird combination. I did so much, so much research on because I didn't really know that much about Fairly the Fairly Odd Parents. So I'd seen it before, but I didn't really know. The characters, I didn't know which characters that they were going to recast. So I was like, okay. I, so I did a lot of research on that. And I did some research. I, I still remember most characters in Buffy. So I was like, okay. I did some research on that. But I did way more research on Fairly Odd Parents. And we didn't even get to it. And I was just like, it was still a reasonably fun panel. I mean, kind of vacillated back and forth. I mean, it was interesting, like the casting choices they put forward. And Hold on. He said vacillated. Vacillated, yes. It doesn't mean that, that you rub Vaseline on your face or anything. It means you went back you and know forth, what? I'm pretty sure. I can't with you guys. Yes, vacillate to alternate or waver between differing opinions or actions. I use that word right. Quit making me think guys, that I'm that I'm using words no, I'm, like I'm like I'm David Wayans and I'm impressed. I'm just impressed that you use something other than I'm a word. I'm a word guy. I I, I use words SAT like that. You know, words. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's not like I'm David Wayans on the Limit Co. Like you know the constipation. I'm sorry the the violation you know i'm not like that it's like i'm act, i actually know what the words mean that are coming out of my mouth i understand the words that are coming out Can of my you mouth imagine him doing but, that during a podcast recording just during any recording just i can see i like i'm sitting here and i'm visualizing <laughs> it because even though you guys only hear the audio we're actually on zoom recording so we get to see each other's faces and i can just sit here and imagine the way mike would look trying to pull like these rhyming very i I don't know i I just see you grabbing the imaginary evil beard right now contemplating what you're going to do exactly i'm sorry you mean constipating you know what no 
<laughs> Absolutely not. I do not mean constipating in the least. Absolutely not. But that was the episode. Yes, I mean, that was, it, it was an interesting panel. It was. It, it was a fun panel, and I I really appreciated you know them like trusting me and putting me on there. I would I would mind doing another one of those too because I really wanted to go to the serial killer sorting one where they sorted serial killers in the, into into the houses. I really wanted to go to that one. I forgot. Anthony and I talked about that one at work yesterday, actually, because he said that Bailey wanted to go, but <laughs> she was under the age limit. Like they restricted that to 18 and up. I was like, but you're her oh, parent. They should have been able to let her in. But, you know, may uh, I don't know. Yeah, she she saw it. She's like, oh, that would have been interesting. Well, we can try. She's like, nah, it says 18 plus. So don't worry about it. Tell her to take but she risks. Was going, rebel. Ted, Ted Bundy would have been, been a Ravenclaw. Ed Ginn might have been a Hufflepuff, but he could have been a Griffin. I was like, oh my God. I seriously? just want to know why she knows so much about serial killers. Like, what are you and Michelle doing over there? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> I mean, serial killers are interesting. They are. I just, yeah. I don't know if I want to think about how they would be sorted. That just seems very. Jeffrey Dahmer was definitely a Hufflepuff. They like to. Absolutely (laughs) not. (laughs) Absolutely (laughs) not. But I wanted to go. That panel was like the first panel out. Side of our own panels, but I was like, Jeffrey Dahmer was a squib. <laughs> oh my god! I'm just saying, don't ins- no, oh, no. I can see Ted Bundy as a Slytherin. I mean, he was Ravenclaw, definitely I'm- Ravenclaw. Oh, okay, maybe, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> that would. I, I'm definitely gonna try to get on that panel next year. <laughs> Okay, so if, if, if you're on the panel, I will come and see it just because I'm, I'm curious. But yeah. <laughs> and I think, what was Because I don't think we, we did a lot of panels this year. Oh, the Sequelizer one. There was a Sequelizer panel that we walked yeah. in and sat and listened to. And this was them talking about bad movie sequels and what can make them better. Yeah. And it's so funny because when we walked in, they were doing a lot of like old classic genre movies. I could tell Mike was in his element. He was like, oh yeah. He's looking at them. He was like, yeah, this is blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah. This is Mike's yeah, wheelhouse. Yeah, Ant was in his element too. Like Ant, Ant, yes, Anthony was, a, was an avid contributor. And what was the one, which movie did I disagree with? I can't remember which one it was. They talked about... A lot of the movies that they talked about, I wasn't familiar with because this was way before I got into this. I I was too young of a kid. Wait, I was did, still watching they, cartoons. Stop! And, stop it right now. Really? Stop. There were some things that I, my mother was strict, so there were some things she would look and be like, "No, that's too weird. You can't watch it." Did they do the new Star Wars ones? They did. Yes, yes. they did. I think I think that, they did. Those, yeah, yeah. That that was that, those were ones where everybody was like, "Oh no, no, we're not doing that." That wasn't that. Everybody was like, "That wasn't that bad." That was terrible. Like I think we were going. Back. But I kind of agree with. Um, I think it was Chris that was on that panel, and he said that he was like, you know, if you really think about it, the first set of sequels, they weren't really that bad. And I was like, they I really liked weren't. them. They weren't. 
when you look at them in a vacuum and you pretend the other ones didn't exist, they actually yeah yeah. It's like, it's like it's like you said. Like if that's your introduction, then you're looking and you're like, okay, well those really aren't that bad. But but if you're like right. like us, yeah. like you know, I saw all three of the all three of the uh, four, five, and six, and I've seen all of them in the theaters. Like all nine of them, I've seen all nine of them in the theater. Okay, I'm old, you know, but but it's like I'm kind of the mind where. There are certain parts of all nine movies where I'm like, okay, that's really cool. Or I'm looking at like, okay, why'd y'all even do that? Like you look at Return of the Jedi, you're like, okay, the whole Darth Vader and Emperor and Luke thing is really cool, but you have teddy bears walking around. What the fuck is that shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and C3PO is a god. So you're like, <laughs> I can you even, just I, call them teddy bears. Yes, I call I called Ewoks teddy bears. They were. Um, yeah, that's me. I my my opinion in no way affects the Phantom Hybrid Podcast Incorporated <laughs> LLC. You can direct all hate mail to me. If y'all could have seen <laughs> Hanako's face, she's like, <laughs> did you really just call, call them, them teddy, I teddy bears? Teddy I'm bears. sitting here like because <laughs> they were the one movie I was sort of. I wanted to fight for was Supergirl because I thought it was kind of unfairly lumped in. That's right. They did. Yeah, they did the original Superman. Yeah. Yeah. I got to be honest. I didn't think that most people really remembered those movies. I remember Supergirl. It seemed like that was a crowd that was too young to really remember those movies in that way, even though they were right. The fourth one was really bad. The third one was was garbage. I just thought fourth one was trashed. Yes. Throwing Supergirl, you can't. We can't lump Supergirl with the quest for peace. It's That's just, true. No, I agree with you there. No, we, we're not going to do that. Because, well, I'm going to be like Conoco this time. Because it was a Supergirl movie. And it wasn't a sequel to mm-hmm. Superman. Number right. two, it was are y'all really dogging it because it's a female superhero movie? And <laughs> so I took issue with that. And I thought they unfairly put that movie up there for the wrong reasons. Because the movie is actually not a bad movie. I'm not a huge Supergirl fan, but if you watch the movie, it's got some problems, but all those movies at the time had problems. Right. But it wasn't trash. Right, because that was what, late 70s, early 80s? Uh no, Supergirl was like that was like mid eighties. Mid eighties. That was like mid eighties. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. But the Superman for the Quest for Peace is absolute hot trash. <laughs> it is terrible. I don't terrible. even remember it. I know I watched it. I don't remember it. Supergirl is like the equivalent of Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Is very similar. I'm not. We're not going to go into. Yeah. We could do a whole podcast. I wish y'all could see my face right now. We could do a whole podcast about that. But I think they unfairly put that. Look, we did for Wonder Woman 1984, but... Yeah. You could essentially we'll replace Wonder Woman 1984 with Supergirl, and it's basically the same movie. Wow. And I don't... I don't know. I've been thinking about going back and re-watching uh, Wonder Woman 84 just to see if it really is. Because I won't say we hated it. We just didn't like it as much as we did the first one, and there were some problems that we really you know went into but okay maybe it's time um, to revisit it so it might be might maybe. be um yeah i a bit but that was a good panel and i i actually wouldn't do you see there are a lot of p- good panel ideas that i couldn't get on because I, I really wanted to get on like more panels because there were so many good panel ideas that I was mm-hmm. like well, i want to do that one well, i want to do that one but there's the, i mean there's some that 
when I look at them, I'm like, okay, I just kind of want to sit in on that one because I don't know anything about it. But it actually kind of be pretty cool to just listen to somebody who actually knows a lot about that to right. that, to actually, you know, to to like pick their brain and listen to what they have to say about it. So, yeah, but that was pretty cool. Yeah, well, Anthony, like I said, Anthony and I were talking about it yesterday and we talked about the fact that, you know, they have some good content, but like Anthony says, a lot of it is kind of whimsy and fun. And we do want to talk about some other things. So I am going to submit some other proposals for panels like um, a discovery of witches is fantasy. I would like for us to be able to talk about that, especially since the third season will have come and gone at that point. Hopefully, and Anthony, don't let me cover my face from Anthony. You know, hopefully we can get into the books as we've been talking about since the show premiered and talk about that. I'm trying to look. I know Michelle's over there listening, Anthony. I'm trying, to, I'm going to try to see if we can do an Outlander panel. So I'm going to need somebody to sit on that with me. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. I mean, it's fantasy and it's time travel. And I think, Mike, you said something about doing, you know, covering a show and talking about, you know, the perils of time travel, which I know Anthony would love to do that. Like, yeah, let me tell you why time travel doesn't work. I am there for any time travel panel. I think we need that. I think we should should totally do that. I like the idea we came up with about doing a panel on Arthurian lore in media, like TV and movies. I think that would be be fun. Because I want to talk about curse, damn it. I want to vent about curse because I can't talk because because it's gone it's and it should be gone. I know. And I told Anthony, I said, you know, if Mike had come up with that a month ago, we could have probably gotten it through. But I, you know, I feel like that window will have been like long gone by next year because they it was last year that that show aired. So it's been it's been yeah. over a year. So what you do is you sneak it in on other panels so you have the authorian lore panel in media. yeah i mean authorian lore in media panel in media you mm-hmm. do like soft um fantasy shows that we hate have been canceled <laughs> and why they should be brought back boom you got cursed on there so you can talk about yeah. cursed all you want we we might you know what that might be an idea because somebody mentioned during the uh i want to say it was during either the i think it was during the shadow and bone panel we we were talking about other you know um other properties were mentioned and i think the mortal instruments was mentioned or jamie campbell bauer was mentioned Mm -hmm. and i talked about oh no that was during the sequelizer i think because he was one of the people that we were talking about maybe casting as one of the buffy um recast and um somebody mentioned camelot and i cringed because i was like don't talk to me about that show because i still think that show had a lot of potential i think that show was good and they canceled it after the first season and i'm still salty about that so yes we may need to do that panel so i can talk about how pissed off i am that camelot has been canceled so mike can talk about curse (laughs) mike can talk about curse I'm sure there's something that you're mad that got canceled. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we can. I'm now I'm sitting here. I have ideas just germinating in my head. Like we can talk about shows that screwed up their story midway and taint the show. Let's talk about Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) You know, I'm just thinking about. Oh my God. I'm still salty. Do we want. No, I know, but do we want to get you started talking about? See, then you're gonna start talking about Orlando and American Gods, and then it's just like gonna like 
Spiral out of control. Let's go out of control. Out of control. There was a show that came on NBC years ago called Surface. Oh my god, that first season was awesome, and it just went away. It was a great show. Hmm. Okay, so we got to start jotting down some ideas. Yeah. And try to get those panels pushed through for next year. So. Yeah, I, I really did have fun with this. And also the fact that it is another panel that is here at home. So didn't have to do any travel. You know, when I when it was time for me to go, I was home in 10 minutes. I loved it. I mean, you yeah. can't beat that. The only the only complaint I had about the weekend was the freaking hotel. And I understand they're undergoing renovations and stuff like that, but when we were headed there on Sunday, we all want, you know, I sent everybody a message. I was like, hey, you guys want to grab some lunch? They're like, yeah, okay, we'll meet downstairs because there's a restaurant downstairs that they just finished renovating. And that was where we had dinner on Friday night. So we get to the hotel two o'clock in the afternoon and it's closed. And I'm like, you are a hotel with three restaurants and none of your restaurants are open. It was just, like I said, I know they're under renovations, but it was just very inconvenient to have to leave out and go get something to eat. But I mean, it's a minor complaint and it's just because I'm used to kind of having things there. Like, you know, like I said, last time I was there, well, last time I was there, I think finish line had just closed for renovations and this was before the pandemic. So I know they couldn't do anything while the pandemic was here and stuff like that, but like I said, when, when you're hungry at two o'clock in the afternoon and you have your mind set on a certain thing and then you can't have it, it's just kind of like, oh. and then as we're leaving the con for the weekend, it's open. Yay. Fancy that. Okay. Hmm. But it's okay. We had a great time that weekend. We got to do some really cool panels. We got to participate in some cool panels and games. And like I said, Anthony and Mike got to meet each other. We all got to hang out and it was just, it was a lot of fun. So I'm really glad we had the opportunity to do that. And I do want to look and see about some other local or, you know, nearby conventions that we can try to go to and hang out and do some more stuff, because that was one of the things that I really wanted to talk about when we started the podcast I wanted this to be a space for us to talk about fan events as well. It's just that when we started, we were still in the middle of a pandemic and there weren't any to talk about. So now we've got Dragon Con out the way. We've got Conjuration out the way. I do know that Atlanta Comic Con happens in the summer. And this year I didn't go because it was just too hectic. And I still was kind of, I was still kind of weary about going to a convention at that time. And I said, if I go to Atlanta Comic Con and get sick, then that means I won't be able to go to Dragon Con. And for me, as everybody knows, Dragon Con is the priority as far as conventions go for me. So I was like, okay, I'll skip ACC this year and then hopefully try to go next year. Conjuration will be back. I think there's another, um, there's a multiverse con as well that's more science fiction based but it is here in Atlanta I may check that out next year so we've got some other things coming up that we can try to get to and you know try to have some fun experiences and you know get back out there in that convention life that con life and have some fun so now we got to get 
Casey to come to a con, which I know she's talking about Dragon Con next year. And um, like I said, we got to try and get Lori on the East Coast so we can do something together. That would be fun. But anybody have anything else to say about Conjuration? Yeah, shout out to the little um, Dungeons and Dragons room that they had. It's like, it was, it's so weird because it's like right next to the registration desk. And it's like, you, you go in like behind, it's like offices or whatever. And it's like a little room and they're playing. And it's like, you know, they kind of look at you. Then they like go about their business. And it was really cool. And I bought three sets of dice and I'm going to be starting to play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, are you going to, look, are you even going to have time for us anymore after you start oh with God. Dungeons and Dragons? I already, already have, I already downloaded Dungeons and Dragons Beyond on my phone and I've already created six characters. So I'm like, I'm, I'm already deep into it. And um, I'm, I'm so, I'm so lost. deep into it. I'm lost, so. I'm lost. I've already started trying to get a campaign together with some of the plumbers that I work with. I already have four guys. Oh, already have, already have four that's guys it. We're done. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> We're done. Yeah, I can see it now. Mike, you ready to go? I'm in the middle of a campaign. Uh, Give me like an hour or two. Uh, maybe tomorrow. We're going to lose our theory extrapolator. <laughs> that is how Mike introduced himself at both panels. I am the theory extrapolator for the Phantom Hybrid podcast. I, mean, I, I told Anthony, I said, we need to have some t-shirts made with our catchphrases. So like on Anthony's, we can have one that says, I have a theory. And then it's crossed out with, I have no theories. <laughs> and then we need to have theory extrapolator for you and yeah, I'm gonna, have, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have one. It's gonna say Mephisto confirmed on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mephisto confirmed is gonna be, be the awesome. joke until Mephisto actually shows up actually, in the MCU. So, so basically, I think be we had that conversation too. Because yeah. he's never coming out. He's nope. never coming to, to the MCU. Never say never. Uh, whatever. Uh, I, see if never I if I say, say he never. is. If I say he is, then he won't. So if I say he won't, then he probably will. So yeah, that's what I meant to say. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I, this was a lot Real of fun. Strategy. This was a lot of fun. I I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till the next con that we do. I can't wait to do more panels. Like I was really nervous. Like the first time I spoke at the Shadow and Bone one, and we were, we were talking about our favorite character, talking about which character we liked. I froze because it was like my favorite character is like. <laughs> he did. Uh, like really <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't think really? and, I, and the thing is i would have said Kaz because Kaz has been one probably my favorite character other than jesper and nina but it's like but <laughs> how you just thought, oh and oh and, and and but yeah but i mean but i mean i but i was like espousing about Kaz's greatness on at least three or four episodes of of the of our podcast like that's true. So I, I really should have said Kaz, but I froze up because I was like looking at people and they were like, yes, who's your favorite? I was like, uh, 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 that was the, the, the Deadpool. Wait, no, that's not right. Yeah. yeah, I was the same because I was like, I said Nina and then I was like, wait, but I talked about Inej so much. Inej and Zoya. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zoya. Once we got into it, I felt like we actually got, because and it's good to have, it was good to have people like like new people who actually were really well versed in the Grisha verse and in all the other things like like they were really knowledgeable about it and that really helped a lot to like kind of bounce to bounce off of what they were saying 
So I I really enjoyed it. And it's really cool meeting nice people. I was like, like I have like four or five new Facebook friends from just conjuration alone. And that was like me too. Yeah. I, I mean it was it was really yeah, cool. cool. I I really enjoyed it. I like I said, I can't I can't wait to do more panels. It's awesome. It, it is so much fun. And it's really rewarding as nerds of color to actually be appreciated for things that we're really proficient in that isn't like something professional or something athletic it's just something that we have passion for and people appreciate our passion for it and it's really it's really cool having my passion for like you know weird shit appreciated so this, this really is not cool. weird all the normal people are weird okay this I is mean, the norm now yeah point well taken oh i enjoyed myself finally got so, to meet the homie anthony oh, i was like that was that awesome. was fun. I, I, I still am like I wish that we had like a little more time. I was like, wait, he lives here. Why am I, why am I like, like, why am I getting sad about this? Yeah, you just have to call people when you're That's in the neighborhood, I Michael. Mother. Yes, I know. I, was, I, I told you I was gonna. You said that last I'm year. I'm going to call his mama and be like, you need to call him and be like, call my mom. Him. you need to come visit me more often. And maybe we'll see him. He'll be like, Michael. Right. Be, Michael, who's this, you boy, know, who's this boy Anthony calling me? Who Anthony? <laughs> Because even though Anthony is right there, stones throw away, I'm right around the corner, less than five minutes. So, yeah, we got to do that. Yeah. Next time we go over to mom's house, I'll tell y'all that mom away. That way you can plan. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing before we close out, we have to give an extra special shout out to Mike's wife, Michelle, because she recorded our videos for us. Yes, she did. She was a trooper, yeah. even though she... You know, she had a hurt foot. She came with us on all our panels. She was very supportive. I think she had a lot of fun as well. And it was great being able to actually like hang with her because I've met her before, but I've never had a chance to like hang out with her. So that was a lot of fun. So the next time we get together, we got to make sure all the Michelles are well (laughs) so that we can all have fun. So I can have some other females to hang around with. And that will be fun. And we learned that Mike's Michelle has a forge. No, she she makes jewelry and she uses she uses a torch. She doesn't have a forge yet. She's gonna get a forge. Oh, okay. Oh, she said she okay yeah, I knew she made jewelry. Torch. Okay. Torch. Okay. Okay. I thought I heard that's forge. still cool. No, I want. I want. We're gonna make forge. her have have her make some of the Damascus blades and battle axes and stuff. It was so it was so funny. You you try <laughs> you trying to get Michelle to like what's your fandom? She's like I don't have one. And Anthony's like, everybody has one. She was, he was like the great inquisitor, like trying to get, get her to confess, like, what's your fandom? What's your fandom? I don't know. We're going to have to fix that. Yeah. We got to get her some fandoms. We have to fix that. So she's going to be well-versed by next year. She's going to have a fandom. Okay. She's going to have at least one fandom. So we can figure it out. So that's going to be our goal for next year. We're going to get Michelle some fandoms, right? Yep. We All right. He doesn't look too convinced that's going to happen. That's okay. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Mike is over there like, no. no, That's the, you know, it's so funny because in Atlanta HP, Dina used to call me the pusher. She used to say that if you want to get interested in something, just come and talk to me for about 10 minutes. And literally people be like, oh yeah, I'm going to go watch that. And I actually, I, I went through my memories on Facebook yesterday. And one of my posts from like four years ago was about that. I said, 
someone has told me that I have the power of persuasion when it comes to TV shows. So if you've ever talked to me about fandom stuff, have you ever been convinced to watch something or read something based on talking to me about it? And I had a list of like 22 answers of people who were like, yep, this, this, and this. And I was like, oh, I guess Dina was right. So yeah, I work on Michelle. We'll, we'll, we'll get that squared away. Okay. Uh, we'll yep, see how so. that goes. Um, she actually watches Outlander, so she might she might do the Outlander with you. Hey! You have both Michelles on the Outlander. It'll be a Hanukkah and the two Michelles. There we go. Yay! That would be awesome. That would be awesome. Okay, so we have our assignments for next year. We've got to get both Michelles there into fandoms. We've got to come up with some great panel ideas and just prepare for Conjuration next year. So that's what we're going to do. You can find the videos from our panels on our YouTube channel, or you can go to the videos page of our website. But for now, that's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. You can listen to the Fandom Hybrid podcast on all major podcast streaming platforms. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time.